slice of orange is back for the March 2024 election season. Ballots go out in early February, so it turns into election month instead of election day. I'm Jody Balma, and I want you to be informed and engaged so you're ready to participate in this election. We'll talk with candidates who you'll see on your ballot. You'll learn about the Common Sense Party, the rules of elections, and what you can expect to see in November versus the races that'll be decided by the voters this March. And then we'll end with the election results after all the ballots have been counted. So the first episode, I'm going to go over the March ballot, what to expect, who's running, registered voters for the district, uh, the rules that determine who wins and which races advance to November. Uh, There's a lot to cover. So let's get started. So let's talk about the election. We have in front of us ballots will go out in February and then March 5th is the deadline. Uh, to return your ballots and when the ballots get tallied. Obviously, we have the presidential primary. Every state in the country is uh, and territories having a, a, a caucus or a primary election to determine who the presidential uh, candidates will be for the November ballot. But we also have a lot of other races. We have the United States Senate and the House of Representatives, the 52 seats there, will have primary elections to determine the two candidates that will advance to November, the California legislature, all 80 seats for the assembly and half of the state Senate is on this ballot. The other half were on the 2022 ballot. So 20 seats for the state Senate, the board of education, board of supervisors and superior court judges for the County of Orange have their elections on this ballot. Um, Orange Unified School District has a recall of two of its trustees. The state of California is asking for changes to the Mental Health Services Act. So prop number one, Behavioral Health Services Act will be voted on. Uh, And then three cities in the county, uh, Huntington Beach, Irvine, and Westminster, have local ballot measures. And then uh, the the political parties have their election for central committee members. Um, So the election rules differ. Uh, Each office can have its own uh, election rules to determine who the winner are and how that works. So. The political parties set their own rules for who can vote and how the delegates are allocated for the presidential primary. The United States Senate, the House of Representatives, and the California legislature all use the top two candidates' advance um, primary. So even if there's only one person running, uh, the top two candidates advance to November where the election actually happens. You can't win outright in the primary for those races. Um, you can for board of supervisors and superior court judge, whoever gets a majority. If no candidate gets a majority, then the top two advance to a runoff election um, on the November ballot. For the Orange County Board of Education, their rules differ. Um, it's one and done. Uh, there is no runoff election. So uh, whoever gets the most votes wins. Uh, even if there were 23 candidates running and somebody got one more vote than the other, that would be the new trustee for the Board of Education for Orange County. Um, for the propositions, the local measures, there's no school bonds on this uh, ballot. And so it's just majority wins. Uh, in November, we expect to see a lot of school bond measures, and that's 55% or more to win that. But this is just majority wins. Um, it's just yes or no. Uh, and then the recall, uh, it takes a majority of yes votes to remove uh, trustees from the Orange Unified School District. Uh, and then that they'll have a selection process. The school board itself selects from applications who will replace them. So that's not done on this ballot. So the presidential primary, 
is mostly closed in California. Um, if you belong to a, a political party, you're a member of one of the six political parties in California, you vote in that primary. It's closed. If you are an NPP, you know, about one in five voters in California don't belong to a political party. No party preference is the term we use. Um, three of the political parties will allow you to vote in their primary. So NPP voters can request a ballot. You have to request a ballot. You should have gotten a postcard from the Orange County Registrar of Voters. Uh, if you didn't, you can go to a vote center and request a ballot there. So American Independent Democratic Party and Libertarian Party allow NPP voters to uh, vote in their presidential primary. For the Green Party, the Peace and Freedom Party, and the Republican Party, um, it is close to only members. So if you want to vote uh, in one of those primaries, you would have to re-register uh, to belong to that political party. You can cast a ballot and then change back to NPP if you'd like. Um, but that's the rules that they have determined for the state of California. So who else is on the ballot? Well, the United States Senate is the race through um, Diane Feinstein uh, announced she was retiring and then subsequently died. A, a number of candidates had already jumped in the race. And so there are a lot of people on the ballot. Um, I, uh, the, the four you know, best known Democrats, Katie Porter, Barbara Lee, and Adam Schiff are in the House of Representatives uh, and, and looking to move over to the United States Senate. Christina Pascucci is a uh, uh, a TV reporter, um, well-known in Southern California. Uh, and so she has lots of name recognition. And then Steve Garvey and Eric Early are the two most prominent Republicans on the ballot. Steve Garvey, uh, you know, played baseball uh, for the Dodgers. And then Eric Early has raised the most money uh, for the Republican um, side. So we will see whoever the top two vote-getters are advanced to November um, when you look at the registration numbers, this doesn't predict who's actually going to vote. Uh, turnout tends to be rather low in primaries compared to general elections for presidential uh, races, but 22 million registered voters and about half of them, 10 million, are Democrats. About 5 million uh, are Republican and about 5 million are NPP with the remainder uh, belonging to those other parties uh, in the state of California. So. It does have a big advantage for the Democrats, but um, when you have multiple Democrats, uh, if Republicans all galvanize behind one person, uh, it, it could have a split vote. We have had uh, in 2016, Democrat versus Democrat general election. And in 2018, Diane Feinstein was challenged by Dem Kevin DeLeon and he got enough votes to advance to November and obviously lost in the November election. But it's possible if Eric Early or if Steve Garvey were able to get enough votes, they could be the second vote-getter in advance. Um, Adam Schiff is up in the polls, but that doesn't mean anything. It's why we have elections. Uh, and so it's possible we could have uh, you know, Barbara Lee versus Adam Schiff or Katie Porter versus Adam Schiff for the November election. Um, we will see. That's what elections are for. So for Orange County look at these races. Um, most of the races are not countywide. Uh, our, our superior court judges have to run countywide, but they are nonpartisan races. You don't have a R or a D next to their ballot um, designation. So um, this just gives you some perspective on the county. It used to be incredibly Republican. 
Um, and that has shifted. Uh, and, you know, big, big uh, props to the Democratic Party of Orange County for registering so many voters so that they are the largest number uh, in the county, about 1.8 million total registered voters. That doesn't mean everybody will show up to vote, but um, 38% uh, of the registered voters in Orange County are Democrats, 33% are Republicans, and then 23% are uh, no party preference and 6% belong to those other political parties. So these are the congressional maps that we're using for the next 10 years. Uh, new still, we first used them in the 2022 election uh, and, and so sort of see the geographic divide. Um, most of the races, with the exception of Katie Porter's seat of uh, Congressional District 47, the rest of the, the seats are held by incumbents who are looking to be reelected. Big advantage for incumbency. Uh, and, but you never know what will happen. So the challengers here are um, trying to uh, advance to the November election where they'll take on the incumbents one by one. And then Congressional District 45, we will see. Um, so when you look at the registration numbers for Congressional District 46 held by uh, Representative Lou Correa, you can see this is our, our most um, Democratic seat, uh, safest seat for the Democratic incumbent with 49% of the registered voters um, uh, being registered Democrats. Um, Mike Levin's seat, South um, Orange County and North San Diego County is, um, you know, still leans pretty safe for the Democrats with 37%. Uh, and and with his incumbency, it makes it a, a fairly safe seat. But obviously, the Republicans, there are four that are trying to advance to November um, to take him on in the November election. Congressional District 45 is held by a Republican, but leans Democrat, 38% Democrats. And so this is, um, you know, a competitive race uh, on the nationwide uh, list. Uh, and so there are four Democrats trying to advance to November to take on incumbent Representative Michelle Steele. Um, this this district runs from you know, Placentia and then kind of swings over to West Orange County and then down to uh, Westminster and Fountain Valley. So um, that could be a pickup for the Democrats, uh, although Michelle Steele is well known and well funded. Um, so. We shall see what happens there. Congressional District 40, uh, a, a safer seat for the Republicans, um, but two Democrats are um, challenging each other to make that top two uh, to challenge Young Kim in the November election. Uh, and then the, the open seat, um, obviously, with Katie Porter running for the United States Senate, she can't run for re-election for her own seat. Uh, this is a slight advantage for the Democrats. Uh, but but a very small number. Um, and so it'll really come down to turnout. Um, Dave Min uh, is in the state Senate uh, running for, for Congress. He ran originally in the same primary that Katie Porter won when she joined the, the, the House of Representatives. Uh, Joanna Weiss is, um, you know, challenging, um, running for that primary as well. And then Scott Baugh seems to be the Republican with the most name recognition. He, you know, if you want to Google his name, you can find out some interesting um, election shenanigans from his time in the California legislature. 
Um, but there are some candidates that don't belong to a political party. It's harder to run without that party structure and organization. Um, but there are 10 candidates and we will see who advances to November. In the Senate, uh, most of the seats in Orange County are even numbered, which means they're on the 2022-2026 election calendar, and only one, uh, District 37, is on the 2024 calendar. So we only have one Senate seat up um, for this election cycle. Uh, And it's a newly designed, um, it it takes a little bit more than it used to. Um, This is Dave Min's old seat. He's running for Congress, but it now goes in to Fullerton. And so Josh Newman um, is in this district. So he's the incumbent, although most of the district he has not represented before. Uh, So there are lots of other Democrats that are challenging um, for for that top two seat. And then Steve Choi, who was in the assembly, although he won't get to say that on his ballot designation, but he um, was elected from a lot of this particular district in the California assembly um, being challenged by a lot of other Republicans. So this is a district that leans Democrat, 37% registered voters. Uh, and and so um, we shall see who uh, out of all of those candidates uh, advance to November. The California Assembly, obviously a lot more districts um, as they're about half as big as the California Senate. So there's lots of people on this slide you can look at. Um, uh, we're not going to go over every single one, but just to get an idea of this, um, and then we'll look just so you can see all of the assembly seats. Um, it, you know, District Fifty Nine is obviously the the most um, just a really solid Republican compared Seventy One as well. Seventy Two has a big Republican advantage. Um, Sixty Four has a big Democratic advantage. So you can just sort of see Sixty Seven has a big Democratic advantage. Sixty Eight is a safe Democratic seat, just so you can sort of compare these districts. And then we'll take a look at them one by one. Sharon Brick Silva's district, 44% Democrats, 26% um, Republicans, 24% NPP. Um, she's the incumbent. She has a lot of name recognition. Um, and, and there's a Republican and uh, NPP uh, candidate running to um, challenge her in November. Um, when, when you look across uh, for um, the other incumbents, uh, they have a very easy time. And when there's only one uh, candidate, uh, you, you know, you probably won't see a lot of campaigning here because everybody is going to save their money uh, and energy on um, just they're all going to advance to the November ballot. There's not going to be a lot of competition here because they really want to save that for the general election when the results determine who wins. Um, but you can kind of get an idea for these assembly seats. Um, and so then, oh, the, these are the other assembly seats. Um, and, and so you might see more uh, here with the two Republicans uh, challenging. Um, but again, we have incumbents for each of these seats. And then the, the real race in the primary is to who will be next to them on the November ballot. For the Board of Supervisors race, so this is the map for Orange County Board of Supervisors. For the 3rd District, Don Wagner and Farrah Khan will advance. Um, Somebody can win here with a majority, sorry, not advance. 
um, but somebody can win a majority here. And so this will be a hotly contested race um, because it will not go to a runoff election with only two candidates. For the first district, um, it's likely that you'll see a runoff election. And so there's, um, even though these are nonpartisan races, there are a lot of Republicans there um, that are going to be fighting it out. Uh, and then Francis Marquez from Cypress City Council uh, is, is there, obviously, trying to represent the first um, Board of Supervisors district. But almost certainly, um, this will uh, split the vote among a lot of Republicans and perhaps even with the Vietnamese community. Um, and, and so Francis Marquez is likely going after very different voters. Um, but who knows what will happen? Uh, and, and so the top two vote getters advance to November. And you can see um, the first district is 37% Republican and 34% Democrat, 23% NPP. But obviously, when you have so many Republicans running, um, it, it splits the vote more. They're going after the same voters. Um, for the third district, um, Don Wagner has a slight advantage with 36% Republicans. Uh, he's also the incumbent, but Farrakhan, well known, and Irvine um, will, you know, definitely make an attempt to win that seat. For the Orange County Board of Education, there is no runoff election, and and uh, with with only two candidates in each of the races, there wouldn't have been otherwise, but. Uh, that mistake had certainly been made in the past where people split their votes uh, and 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 then um, <clears throat> lost the election because it just takes uh, the plurality, just whoever gets the most votes in this election. So um, three incumbents, uh, rather extremists, uh, who have made the news um, for the policies and decisions of the Orange County Board of Education. And so we're, we're likely to see some really interesting campaigning here as the challengers try to educate the voters. It's not a well-known uh, race, uh, and so it takes some um, so, some energy and, and money to actually break through that and educate people about what this race is and why it's so important. So um, definitely take a look at who these candidates are um, before you make a selection. Um, trustee area number one, um, a, a big advantage for uh, Beatrice Mendoza, who is a Democrat, uh, and and so you know, forty nine percent of the registered voters are there. Uh, it's a nonpartisan race, though, and so people don't have that indicator on their ballot, which again makes it difficult for people running. Um, for um, Trustee Area Three, Ken Williams versus uh, Nancy Watkins, uh, Professor Nancy Watkins, well known professor at Cal State Fullerton challenging long-time um, incumbent Ken Williams, uh, you know, it's a, a 35% Democrats, 35% Republicans, and NPP. And um, one of the reasons these are, uh, you know, nominally uh, nonpartisan races is because it should be about the best policy. It should be about, be about what is best for uh, the public policy for education in the County of Orange. Uh, we just have seen so much polarization with um, education seats. And you know, one of my favorite uh, taglines is, you know, make school boards boring again um, so that they're not making the news and, and not making, uh, you know, so, so many, 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 many decisions that are so polarizing. Tim Shaw, the incumbent here, if, if that name sounds familiar, he's been on the ballot a couple of times because he was removed and then ran again. Um, because he uh, held two seats, uh, also the La Habra City Council, 
uh, and so had to make a decision uh, on that. So we're voting again uh, for Area 4. So David Johnson is challenging him uh, on this. Um, and this uh, uh, next race electing judges is uh, so difficult um, to get information. It's the lowest of low information elections. Um, and, and so there are six candidates for three competitive seats uh, at the, the incumbents um, every six years are supposed to run um, for office, but if nobody challenges them, then they don't appear on the ballot. So all of the, the incumbents who wanted their job back um, have won their election without being on the ballot. Three judges decided to retire. And so these open seats um, have um, a competitive races. So if, uh, like we'll see this time, uh, you get a majority of the vote, then there's no election in November. Um, but these are really tough. You know, philosophically, I wish we weren't voting on these. I think that uh, the governor does a really good job of selecting um, through a, a, a thorough application process. Um, at, you know, and, and I just think the voters don't have enough information to make a good decision. So. Um, unfortunately, uh, all too often we just vote for the job that people have. A deputy district attorney is a huge advantage, uh, and so they often win. But we in Orange County have had a number of scandals, um, the snitch scandal and illegal actions from our sheriff's office and district attorney going back almost two decades. And so in recent years, uh, we have put, we the voters have chosen a number of those former deputy district attorneys um, who were involved in those scandals and are now judges. Um, the, the, the other problem with this is um, that most of our courtrooms are not criminal courtrooms. So we're choosing prosecutors based on their experience as prosecutors, and then we're electing them judges when most of the courtrooms are civil. Um, luckily, I, I'm pleased to live in a county where the vast majority are people suing one another or family law or you know, torts or contracts or all of those other things that aren't criminal. Um, but we still have this huge bias in the absence of information about candidates. We vote based on their job, um, which perhaps is vastly overrepresented on our benches in the county of Orange. So I just you know, this is one where I really suggest you leave it blank if you don't know anything, if you're not going to do the research. Um, but you could also look at websites. And um, there are only three this time, so it makes it a little bit easier. And and again, all of that is not to say that the, 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 the candidates who are deputy district attorneys are, you know, unqualified. They're not. It's just that we need to look at them individually rather than blindly voting for the job. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I encourage you to look into these six candidates before making a choice um, or who you want to have on, uh, on uh, in a courtroom, presiding in a courtroom. Um, so we shall see. But my bet is that most voters will simply select the Orange County Deputy District Attorneys. Um, and uh, it is how we uh, choose judges. So uh, the recall election, Orange Unified School District uh, you know, uh, collected enough votes to put this on the ballot um, to remove uh, Madison Minor and Rick Ledsema um, from office. If 
if a majority of the people in those districts vote yes to recall those uh, trustees, then the board itself, the remaining members, will uh, select and interview candidates at a public meeting. And I imagine that will be well attended um, for this. But there is, um, you know, a, a lot, you can Google the Orange Unified School District, lots and lots of information. Um, the recall um, group has a website that you can look at. If you live in these districts, I encourage you to be informed um, uh, before casting a vote because it's really important um, about who is elected to represent our school board. For the state of California, Proposition 1 um, changes uh, uh, for the Mental Health Services Act um, to, to include substance abuse, to include mental health care in, in a different way to um, expand uh, spending for housing for people with mental health, drug and alcohol challenges, um, and, and also making sure that 30% of the funds are on housing intervention, either keep, keeping people in their houses or um, uh, making sure that they don't get evicted or providing um, housing. So this would build more housing. It would um, address substance abuse which is, you know, such a, such a big challenge for people with mental health um, issues and, and for those who are unhoused in the state of California. So um, it is borrowing, uh, which, you know, when, when we're facing such um, big deficits may be a challenge, um, but uh, we will see what the state of California voters do with Proposition 1. Uh, city of Huntington Beach has three measures uh, on the ballot. So if you live in Huntington Beach, you'll be asked to vote on this. Obviously, the city council has been rather extremist in recent months uh, in Huntington Beach. And so um, they have placed these items on the ballot. Um, uh, measure A uh, would be voter ID, which I'll cover in another podcast, um, just as, you know, trying to solve a problem that doesn't exist. Uh, um, there just is not voter fraud. And and, and I don't even know if it's legal uh, for a city um, to require additional voter identification for their elections. Because in Orange County, we can vote anywhere in the county. So I don't know how that would actually work. Would Huntington Beach residents be required to only vote in Huntington Beach? Um, I'm not sure how practically this works. Our elections for cities uh, are. are handled by the Orange County Registrar of Voters, uh, not city clerks. So I, there are a lot of questions that I have about this one, but it's also um, just solving a problem that does not exist. Um, providing more in-person voting locations. Uh, there are a lot of in-person voting locations across the county um, that are open, uh, and, and I don't know whether they're so busy that it would justify increasing the cost of providing more. Um, Different ballot drop boxes, which again, um, Orange County drop boxes are incredibly secure uh, in in a number of ways, uh, and we haven't had a problem with our county official drop boxes. Measure B um, would restrict uh, the only flags to be displayed on city property um, to be these uh, designated flags, um, unless there was a unanimous vote of the city council to approve additional flags. Um, Obviously, uh, uh, an issue um, to restrict the pride flag, which is usually what these controversies are uh, manufactured to be about. 
Um, measure C is about the budget and council replacements. Um, you know, Huntington Beach had the infamous uh, replacement of um, Tito Ortiz, and so they're trying to change their charter measures for that. So those are the three facing the Huntington Beach voters, and then in November they'll vote on their council members and maybe change the makeup of their city council. Uh, city of Irvine is looking to expand their council from five members to seven members and have uh, a citywide elected mayor with the six council members having districts. Um, and the district boundaries, if you live in Irvine, you can look those up. Um, they've already been adopted and, and just have, looking for approval from the voters. And then the city of Westminster uh, is looking, at, they've had lots of budget problems. And so um, the, the idea of establishing a half cent sales tax increase um, there. So we'll see if the voters vote uh, to approve that. Uh, and then the political parties will uh, have their central committee elections. My advice is if you're not enmeshed and involved in uh, Democratic Party politics or Republican Party politics, um, only registered members of the Democratic Party or registered Republicans would be allowed to vote. Your NPP won't see this on your ballot anyway. Um, but I really encourage you, if you don't know anything, uh, don't just randomly vote. Um, you know, there, there are big differences in the, the quality of, of the people who are voting. Uh, and I think you should leave it to the people who uh, actually know uh, who those people are, um, rather than just blindly voting or, you know, guessing or, um, you know, voting based on other indicators of names. So, um, those are the choices made uh, of, of who will make decisions and, and policy choices for the political parties. Uh, and, and so that's a decision to be made. When you're looking at the rules of the game, let's look back at, at what we talked about, just the differences of, of these elections. So each political party will set the rules. If you want to vote in a presidential primary and, and you'd have to re-register if you're NPP, you only have three of those political parties to choose from. Top two advance, uh, even if somebody wins 100% of the vote, it's uh, not going to be decided in the primary election. Everybody uh, who wins the November general election wins those seats. So this is just to determine who the candidates will be on that November ballot. Uh, for board of supervisors and superior court judges, we'll have some outcomes from whoever wins the majority of those seats, possibly one of the Board of Supervisors will go to a runoff election in November. The Board of Education will be decided, uh, and with only two candidates for each of those three seats, uh, they'll be decided by majority. Um, yes or no, the majority wins for those ballot measures uh, and, and props uh, one. And then the recall for Orange Unified School District uh, will be decided by a majority. So um, you can vote by mail or drop off your ballot. Uh, you can either just return it, you know, it's already been paid, uh, or you can turn it into a ballot drop box. Uh, you can look at ocvote.com for all the information about where it is. If you want to vote, um, uh, uh, there's lots of, and I'll, I'll talk more in detail about this uh, in, a, in another podcast for protecting voter integrity and all of the things where Kenny does, but th these ballots are really safe. Um, there's identity verification um, and signature match you can uh, your, your signature is matched against previous signatures and if you if they don't match if you break your arm and your signature looks strange you can cure your ballot 
um, by testifying and going in and changing your signature. Um, but there, there are safeguards in place. There are barcodes on an envelope that will track them. I get text notifications. I signed up for those. <clears throat> I know when my ballot has been received and when it's been verified. And then uh, on election night at about 8.05 p.m. Uh, when it's been counted uh, because I vote early. And so it's already gone through all of that process. One of the reasons it takes so long to count all the ballots are that so many people turn their ballot in on the last day. And so all of that verification has to happen after. And so it can take weeks. Um, that's good. That's because our ballots are secure and this process is being uh, honored. Uh, they're secure drop-off locations. Those drop-off boxes are very secure. Um, there's oxygen suppression so that fires can't get in and water can't. There's a box inside a box. So things are very secure. Um, and they are bolted uh, to the cement uh, at each of the drop-off locations so they can't be stolen. The vote centers are available. You can vote in person. Uh, if you're planning to vote in person, I encourage you to take your ballot, surrender your ballot. If you've lost it, they, they will give you a provisional ballot to, uh, to ensure that you haven't voted twice. You haven't both mailed in a ballot and then voted in person. But if you surrender your ballot, then um, they know you haven't voted twice. Um, Post-election audits happen to ensure that, and, and, it, and it is against the law to, to vote twice or to vote for somebody else or to turn in somebody's ballot. Um, the Orange County Registrar of Voters is, uh, you know, really good uh, about um, removing people from the, the polls and not sending ballots if they've, if, you know, if they've gotten a death notification or a, a move notification from the post office. Um, so we have a really secure um, process for Orange County. I'll talk more about the, the nationwide um, voter ID and the security of the vote. But really for Orange County, there's a lot. Um, when you register to vote, you give either your driver's license or your state ID or your, the last four numbers of your social security. Um, there, there are ways if you don't have any of those. Um, it's kind of tough to get uh, a around without those in the state of California and our state ID is so easy to get, but there are ways to uh, choose a voter ID number with the County of Orange and then that is identified and verified. So there's lots of secure measures for the County of Orange Registrar Voters. They've done an incredible job. Um, there's a, a scanner at the drop-offs where you can scan your ballot um, but even if you vote by mail or do something else, you, you can always get a text message update. And then the vote centers will open February 24th to March 1st from 8 to 5. And then um, some will pop up later from March 2nd to 5th to 4th from 8 to 8. And then obviously on the last day of voting, uh, all of those vote centers are open from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. So there's a lot of ways to vote in person if you choose to do that. Uh, obviously, there are hundreds of different variations of ballots with all of those different offices and all of those different precincts and all of those different people. Uh, and so a, a ballot can be generated um, for you to um, vote uh, in person if you want to. There's also different language ballots that you can request all at OC Vote uh, uh, so that you can see that. Uh, I also encourage you to use the League of Women Voters, Voters Edge. Um, you can type in your street address and it can tell you all of the people on your ballot, and give you information and uh, link you to websites. You'll also get uh, a voter guide from the state of California, an easy voter guide, 
that, that will give you information from the League of Women Voters, how access if you're interested in uh, campaign lobbying and where they get their money. Ballotpedia has incredibly great information. They'll be updated soon with the 2024 elections. And then um, ocvote.org has lots of information. So uh, I hope you will be an informed and engaged voter. 